Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. Today, we're pleased to have along with us the Dean and the Vice President of the Division of Agriculture at Oklahoma State University, Dr. Tom Kuhn. Dr. Kuhn offered his comments in recent days to the Oklahoma Genetics Incorporated annual meeting that was held virtually uh, earlier this month. We thought that you might enjoy uh, some of the comments that Dr. Kuhn had regarding the state of the university and enrollment that has remained strong despite the pandemic. Also, uh, some of the comings and goings of uh, some of the key personnel at OSU and a look at new frontiers as well. That's the effort to build a new ag hall at OSU. Today's Road to Rural Prosperity being powered by the Oklahoma Rural Water Association. And we're back with Dr. Tom Kuhn in just a few moments along the Road to Rural Prosperity. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Now, on today's Road to Rural Prosperity, let's travel to the virtual Oklahoma Genetics Incorporated annual meeting, where one of their presenters was the Dean and the Vice President of the Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources at Oklahoma State University, Dr. Tom Kuhn. Let's join Dr. Kuhn for his remarks. I thought I'd touch on a couple of things, uh, sort of division-wide. You know, at, at times I kind of go, what pandemic? And yet here I am at home today working from home because of the ice, not because of the pandemic. We make it tomorrow morning because I want to be We've actually, uh, faculty and our students have really <laughs> supposed to be calling out. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to tell that story. Uh, we've had some changes, have some changes underway at OSU and within our division. Um, and uh, of course, I can't uh, I can't go without talking about New Frontiers, our, our uh, effort to uh, uh, build a new building for the college and uh, the kind of improvements that we anticipate making at the agronomy farm. So uh, we're, we're not done by any means. We've got a lot of work to do as far as the, the pandemic goes. I think it's important for people to understand that that OSU is really in a unique spot. And part of that, I think a lot of that's attributable to President Hargis's leadership, but also uh, the way our faculty and staff and students adapted uh, very quickly. So our enrollment in the fall of 2020 was actually up over what it had been the previous year. I mean, I know you've heard and, and nationwide, there's there's been a tremendous drop off in student enrollment, but we were up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way we uh, we adapted to the, the pandemic. 
uh, our college in particular was down slightly in the fall, just a, a couple of percentage points in our enrollment. Uh, we've recovered some of that this spring. And I think what, what happened in part was some students uh, opted to go to a local community college uh, for the first semester and then came back and joined us uh, uh, here this semester. So our, our numbers are still holding really steady. And as I said, our faculty and students really adapted quickly to the, the new model of using social distancing in class, some online instruction, uh, everyone wears a mask and so on. <clears throat> Extension really adapted quickly also. Um, and it, it really, the timing uh, in a way was, was quite fortunate for us because just about a year ago right now, we went live with our new Extension web platform uh, and, and, and subsequently a new platform for uh, ag research or the experiment station, as well as for the Ferguson College. But it really made it easy for people to find our content at a time when they were looking for information. And of course, our staff adapted quickly. Our virtual field days uh, learned some things in the process. You know, if, if you're going to have a field day in Oklahoma, it's going to be windy. You just expect that. And, and if it isn't, you know, you take it as a blessing. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that threw a, a few curves at us. But our faculty and, and specialists really adapted well. We've seen a number of webinar series go on. A good example of that is Dr. Hegerman, uh, Amy Hegerman in, in Ag Econ, really stayed on top of the whole uh, coronavirus food assistance program and how that was, a, uh, you know, creating opportunities for producers. The first version of that wasn't so attractive. Uh, I mean, our, our favorite hard red winter wheat was left out. But uh, the second round it came around and, and uh, picked up a lot more of our, our commodities. And uh, Dr. Hageman was right on top of that. So she was providing uh, uh, webinars at, not only for producers, but also for our FSA office. And so uh, I really am, am proud of the way our, our faculty have adapted. On research, you know, it's interesting. We never shut down. Uh, on, on our research. And, and I, I didn't realize that was a, a big deal until I started hearing from colleagues around the country talking about, well, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to start back up uh, on the research. And, and it's like, start, what do you mean start up? And, it, and the, the fact is that there are some universities where scientists could not go into their labs or they could not carry out their field work. And that's just, that's unthinkable for me. Anyway, Dr. Owens, uh, our department heads, the faculty, never never paused uh, really we, we had to change the way we did some things our travel our safety plans and so on but faculty grad students and technicians all adapted well and and our university administration was very permissive they trusted us uh, to make uh, you know good uh, uh, safe decisions for for our folks we have seen an increase in our grants uh, uh, both uh, the grants submitted and grants awarded I, you know our faculty took advantage of the some of the free time that they had because they weren't going to all those meetings or, or, or uh, so on. Anyway, $64 million submitted in, in proposals, uh, 50 million, 15 million awarded, uh, some really good sized awards there. We're really pleased about that. Uh, our royalties continue to what I call wag the dog uh, in that we account for 85% of OSU's royalty earnings. So I'm proud of that. I think it says something about what else is going on on campus and a need for some of the other research programs to, to improve, and, and they're working on it. Uh, anyway, and, and of course, uh, five new wheat varieties released. It's almost like an afterthought. It, it seems uh, that seems to be uh, 
our, our, our current trend. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, really good, I, I think, measures of, of how our faculty and our staff have adapted and, and continued to produce for the industry during the pandemic. As I said, we've had some changes uh, in uh, three department heads, new department heads on board, Dr. Moss, uh, uh, who's on our faculty, it became the department head for Horton Landscape Architecture last spring. Dr. DeVise, also on our faculty in Ag Econ, came on as the new department head to replace Dr. Woods when he retired in Ag Econ. And then uh, uh, most recently, Dr. Mari Chin uh, came to us from North Carolina State as the new department head in biosystems and ag engineering, and she is off to a great start. So I really appreciate having those. Uh, those uh, those new uh, leaders in, in our, our organization and uh, am excited to see the kinds of things that that uh, they're doing with their faculty. Of course, we have some other things going on at OSU. President Hargis announced his retirement. That search process is underway. Uh, prediction is we'll have uh, we'll know who the new president is probably in late March or April. Provost Sandifer announced his plans to retire at the end of March, and that really is a, a, intended to be an orderly transition. When a new president comes in, they expect to hire a new a chief academic officer or provost. President, uh, provost Sandifer is ready to retire, so he retired a little bit earlier before President Hargis. So we've got an interim named Dr. Jeanette Mendez, who's been the vice provost. She'll continue as interim provost until the new president gets uh, uh, on board and can start the search for a, a more permanent provost. Keith Owens uh, informed me last year that he plans to retire this year. Um, I, I, uh, I wouldn't talk to him for a couple of weeks and that didn't seem to help. So, uh, so I, I said, okay, I guess I have to accept that. But anyway, uh, seriously, Dr. Owens has been a, a great partner and leader for us in overseeing our research enterprise and the Ag Experiment Station Tough shoes to fill. Uh, we do have the search underway. Dr. Doy, the motor Doy, is chairing that search committee. Uh, we've got a good pool of candidates, and uh, uh, we'll be conducting those interviews over the next uh, four to six weeks to identify a replacement. And just a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Mulder informed me that he plans to retire this year. He's been our department head in entomology and plant pathology for some time. So we've got uh, so another search to get started there as well. Some new faculty positions. Some of these, we got some outside funding from NSF for a fire ecologist position in uh, natural resource ecology management, a water quality engineer in biosystems and ag engineering. Uh, some other searches currently underway or about to begin uh, an agribusiness position in ag econ, uh, replacing Dr. Brian Adam, who retired last year. Uh, another in, in uh, ag econ, uh, I, I, I miss printed that. The production economics position is in ag econ, not in entomology. Sorry. Uh, and that's really uh, replacing Francis Eplin, who retired a few years ago. So we had to kind of wait on that until we got uh, our, our budgets in order. But uh, anyway, that's underway. Two, uh, two positions in uh, plant pathology. Uh, Dr. Damacone uh, retired and uh, worked, or announced his retirement. We're filling that with a row crop pathologist and more recently, Dr. Hunger has indicated that he thinks it's time to retire. Uh, he didn't consult with me on that. I couldn't talk him out of it. But, uh, but seriously, he's been a tremendous leader for us on our wheat team. And that's going to be a really important position for us to fill as well. New Frontiers is the name of our campaign to, uh, to, to pr provide a new building for our college. Uh, and, you know, the pandemic really didn't, didn't slow us down at all on the design part. Um, uh, it, we were planning to break ground in the spring of 2021, 
And by golly, we're going to do it. Uh, we've got a tentative groundbreaking April 23rd uh, this spring. It'll be an afternoon, Friday afternoon uh, uh, opportunity to celebrate uh, what we have coming uh, coming up. Uh, but really, they'll probably begin site work in the uh, first of March or so, uh, fence off that parking lot and so on. Uh, we're really excited to have uh, the, the architects uh, working closely with faculty to make sure that we've got, uh, you know, space that's going to function the way we need it to function here in uh, in the 21st century. Um, our fundraising, of course, uh, it didn't it didn't really stop, but it certainly took a left turn uh, with the pandemic because uh, we were planning quite a few events and activities uh, to to connect with donors. We couldn't do that, but we had laid enough groundwork, I guess, that we've, we've been able to continue making progress towards our $50 million goal of private funding for, for the project. And so we're at, at 41 million now. We've got more in the system that's probably going to put us closer to 42 million. So we're, we're definitely on the downhill side. And I keep telling donors, you know, we really want you to. We want to get this done before June 30th, so the new president uh, doesn't have any question, but what, this is an important project and we're going to get it done. We have had good support from uh, a number of, of, of uh, folks and interests in the ag industry sectors. I'll, I'll share a list with you here in a minute. And I also want to share the regents are on board. President Hargis has been very supportive, but the regents also, back in September, approved the first $15 million of $40 million that they're gonna provide uh, from their bonding capacity. There are opportunities uh, to, to join in the campaign. We've got some opportunities for naming spaces, uh, particularly on the third floor. That's gonna be kind of, kind of uh, uh, a grand central station for our, our plant science group in general. We've got the research lab on the third floor that can be named for $500,000. Uh, the uh, department uh, uh, administrative suite uh, actually is $250,000. I neglected to get the right number there. The genomics lab with Dr. Yan will be housed uh, 160,000. Uh, there's a graduate student workstation where a lot of our, our grad students will be officed 150,000. Uh, the seed and grain archive, we're, we're gonna get one that actually works. Uh, 80,000, the growth chamber in the, in the uh, research lab, 60,000. A lab huddle room where uh, research teams can can meet and plan and so on for 25 and faculty offices at 25. So just wanted to make sure you're, you're aware of that opportunity. This is a, 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 a the plan for that third floor. So you can see on the right side there, the plant science research labs are on the third floor uh, grouped together. Uh, the soils lab is on the first floor. Plant science is on the third floor. Uh, but very open lab uh, design, a lot of faculty be able to work in there together. Grad student space is right adjacent to it there, you can see. And just uh, just uh, uh, up and to the left, well, the genomics research labs uh, are, are located there. And then over on the left side of that image, that sort of pinkish purple space, that's an office suite that will include the department head offices for uh, for uh, a couple of departments and, uh, well, three departments, plant and soils, horticulture, landscape architecture, natural resource ecology management, and then two centers, the water center and the environmental science program. Their, the department heads will all be co-located in that suite with uh, uh, a single set of uh, financial services uh, provided there so we can consolidate our administrative services and our administrative footprint. So uh, the, the last thing I just wanted to address is the agronomy farm. 
we do have a master plan for that. Uh, we it we got to get uh, we got to get started on Ag Hall first, uh, the the new building. But once we get that underway, we're going to be looking to uh, identify some funding sources for this uh, uh, improvements at the agronomy farm. The master plan is probably about a $28-30 million project. It'll include new greenhouses and headhouse, replace the ones that uh, <clears throat> have been around longer than most people on this call. Um, they, uh, um, uh, a new a building that will house laboratories and offices, a new home for the, the soil uh, testing lab, and eventually the plant disease insect diagnostics lab. So it'll be more accessible right there off of Highway 51. Some new barns for, uh, for uh, machine storage, uh, high bay barns, and, and so on. Um, and I just wanted to mention, I think, you know, that one of our big opportunities here is uh, for uh, uh, a, a, an initiative uh, to provide some federal funding um, that might be part of a, a broader rural uh, infrastructure initiative. You know, we're expecting there will be some stimulus funding coming about to try to help uh, get the economy going again once we can you know, get, get past COVID. Um, and I, I just have to say uh, American Farm Bureau and the Farm Credit Council have been uh, great leaders for us in, in really a, a more systematic approach to infrastructure pro projects in, uh, in rural America. That includes broadband, includes uh, uh, transportation and other infrastructure. And ag research is part of that. So um, in fact, I've got an opportunity to, to, to tell that story today to the, uh, the state presidents for American Farm Bureau. They, they have their uh, uh, bi-monthly meeting uh, uh, today, and, and I get to present about that on behalf of the land-grant institution. So uh, we're excited about that. But this just kind of illustrates the point. You, you can see the, the, the sort of pale green line there for China. These are their investments in, uh, in uh, ag research going from 1990 up to the mid-2000s. Uh, pretty sharp upward turn, right? Look at the United States. Uh, we've been kind of middling and we actually have been on a downward trend um, uh, where everyone else is on an upward trend. And so that, that really concerns us. And this is an example of how we can put some federal investment back into ag research by investing in infrastructure that is nearly 70% nearly of it is really at, at the point of, of needing to be replaced. Uh, you know, our ag hall is a good example. Our agronomy farm is a good example. We're not alone. Uh, it's true at a lot of other uh, land grants uh, as well that the ag research infrastructure is is uh, is in need of replacement. So, uh, you know, we're 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 shooting for the moon uh, and asking for uh, inclusion of about uh, eleven and a half million dollars. Sorry, eleven and a half billion dollars. Uh, that would be in a stimulus package that would go towards uh, improving ag research infrastructure at our, our ag colleges and, and land-grant universities. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We've we got to wait for someone, you know, the administration or Congress to put a proposal forward, but we're doing everything we can to make sure that ag research is in that package and that we've got an opportunity to, uh, to receive grants uh, for uh, funding that would help us address challenges like uh, the, uh, uh, the re redo of the uh, agronomy farm. So I'll stop there uh, and, uh, and uh, happy to answer questions. Uh, again, I really appreciate the support of OGI and, uh, and look forward to continued uh, work with, with all of you uh, uh, in support of our, uh, uh, of our, our uh, ag industries 
uh, certainly our, our wheat industry, but but the others, uh, the peanut growers and, and, and others that OGI serves. Uh, it's an important partnership to us. Thank you. Dean, thank you so much for a great report. Uh, uh, Tom, you know, you, you mentioned the groundbreaking uh, ceremony. I'm sure you'll be uh, publicizing that in the days to come. What what are they telling you right now regarding uh, uh, completion day, when you'll be able to start moving in to new ag hall? It's a 30-month project. So fall of 2023, we'll be moving in. And what, what impresses me is that that these guys have, have stayed on schedule. Uh, you know, they told us that they would, would, would be ready for groundbreaking in the spring of this year. This was two years ago they told us this. And we've said we're planning on that. And, and by golly, pandemic or not, we're getting that done. Uh, construction's a 30-month project. So fall of 2023, we'll be moving in. We're telling freshmen, students, hey, you're going to be in this building. Vice President, Dean of the Division of Agriculture, Oklahoma State University, Dr. Tom Kuhn. Thank you for joining us today for this special edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you down the road real soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.